And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hello, I'm James Richardson. If, like me, you've ever felt like one of Cantona's cows watching gamely as football steams past like an express train, then why not join me three times a week over on the Totally Football Show? This Monday, for example, I'll be joined by Daniel Storey, Tom Williams and Benji Lignardo to explain what actually happened this Premier League weekend. Huh. Tuesday, it's the turn of the Euro crew, Horncastle, Honigstein, Alvaro Romeo and Julian Laurence to drop knowledge on all the continent's big stories, including this week the biggest last-minute comeback in Bundesliga history. Woof. Thursday then, it's back to our septic aisle to preview the weekend's Premier League games again with data beta Duncan Alexander and this week, analysis from Karl Anker and Adrian Clark. Join us then for cogent insight, fun and a few feeble puns plus the odd move from me. Just search for The Totally Football Show wherever you get your podcasts. Quality goals, end-to-end football, overturning a 3-1 deficit, VAR overturns all over the place. A red card that wasn't more narrative than you can shake a stick at. What more could we possibly want? A bad day for the City, a boring crowd anyway. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. Sam Lee and Paul Bias are with us as usual. Hi, fellas. Hello. Hi, guys. Good good game, Sam? It was amazing, wasn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> Great to be at. One of the best atmospheres I've been at in a while. Last week, I was saying how much I've actually enjoyed the start of the Premier League season. And obviously, with Leeds, Chelsea being a bit mad before that. And then that game. Yeah, great afternoon um, of, of Premier League football. I mean, I'm not, you know, given it was a sports washing derby, are we allowed to enjoy it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole point. I think that is the whole point. But it was great, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a fantastic game. Yeah. Paul, caught your breath yet? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was quite rough. I mean, fortunately for me, um, I was at home, so I didn't have like to write like my trip or like from one way, then ju- just then, then just change like the narrative just to the other end. But yeah, um, I think it was a great game to enjoy, basically. Yeah, well, we're going to uh, we're going to focus today's show entirely on that game because why wouldn't you? Um, you can read everything on City and more in the Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod to sign up. You'll get these shows as well without the ads. So just sign up at theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod. Um, so here's a question to to kick us off with, Sam. Uh, did City get away with that at Newcastle, uh, or were they, or were oh. Newcastle lucky that City didn't win it in the final minutes, or was it both, or is it neither? Yeah. Like, is it possible no. to be all of those? Uh, I think it's. I think it is possible to be both. I think both is probably what I would go with, because I still remember. Like honestly, before Trippier took it, I, I said to my colleague next to me, I was like, "This is going in." Which, in fairness, I say before every free kick <laughs> ever taken. But I was like, "This is going in, isn't it?" And I, I just thought at this at that point, I just thought it's just one of those inevitable games, like like the feeling of when City have lost in the past, and you just know it's in the post, but. Not, not just not so much because they were shit, City. Because I didn't get the feeling that they were shit, but it just felt like, well, this is destiny for whatever reason. Newcastle are winning this game. They had no. It like, felt like they had no answers to Newcastle's pressure at that point. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was just... But the thing was, like I say, they weren't shit because... And I kept tweeting it during the game, despite like City's obvious problems with the counter-attack. They kept having loads of chances. So I was like, well, City do feel like they can score. But then when it did go to 3-1, so if we're talking about getting away with it, I was like, this could easily be like 4 or, or even 5-1 to Newcastle. That's the, that's the way it's going. And obviously the way it did go in the end, City got it to 3-3 so quickly. And then with the, for the Trippier like, non-red card, by that point, City were just like tearing through them, and obviously yeah. they were they were spooked by then Newcastle, and you think okay it's coming it's it like the, it's more likely now going to be four three to to City because Newcastle were a threat on the break the whole way through, but for the last twenty minutes it wasn't quite the same because for the first hour or so it was proper Defcon one wasn't it it was just every time they go forward this City is, are in this is trouble yeah. massive problems so yeah it was I, I do I do feel like it was both like to an extent City got away with it but then. That kind of implies luck, and I don't think there was luck. I think they managed the situation very, very well when they were two goals down. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think Newcastle were kind of like the, the fans were celebrating a point at the final whistle. It was like you were two goals up, and you were tearing them to pieces. <laughs> yeah. But it just goes to show how well City came back. And as our Newcastle correspondents were telling me, they they're just used to just rolling over and getting battered in them games. So I think they were happy that they actually put up a fight, and it was yeah. a hell of a fight. Yeah, Paul. I I said to my City fan mates as soon as Trippier's free kick found the top corner, I just like I I said two words: game over. And I, that's that's just how I felt. And then out of nowhere, like it's it's clown emoji time because City would just, City scored two in what what was it about ten minutes, if that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think that it was a game that that the momentums were like really really key, and that both teams like were able to take advantage of when they build like this kind of momentum alongside the the game. And yeah, basically, I think that, as Sam was saying, City wasn't too bad. Um, I think that it was more like a clash of greatness from, from both teams. Um, and yeah, I think that probably you have to highlight Kevin De Bruyne, maybe, just for what he did in the, in the third goal. I mean, the pass that he did to Bernardo Silva, in my opinion, is like something that just him can see. Yeah. At that point of the season, because he's on that sharp form, um, and yeah, basically, just I think that Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, it's worth it to highlight how how he is appearing in the toughest moments that City is going through, like especially from the last season. I think um, he played great, like in in really big games. Uh, I can remember, like against Liverpool at home, against Real Madrid at home, against Aston Villa. When I mean, yeah just when the team needed like a huge comeback. So I think that it's been probably one of the biggest improvements like on Kevin De Bruyne game in the last months. And probably it's what made him like win like the trust of his teammates just to get promoted on the captain's vote from fourth place to second place, to be honest. Just the kind of responsibility that he took that he takes into the pitch. Um and yeah, just how the team benefits from it, of course. Yeah, I mean, you, you think of that second half, Sam. Most of it is in most of it in my memory now is Kevin De Bruyne running at Newcastle. Um, th- th- like there was there was one. I mean, th- there were two real like cynical fouls on him. We'll come to the Trippier one in a second. Um, but it, like it was it was him that was the driving force. And that like that like Paul says that pass. Like I I have a surprised noise that I make when I make, like, sometimes like, I make when I make a save when I'm playing football that I don't expect to make. Um, and I made that okay. noise when De Bruyne made, like put that pass through because I just like I it wasn't on. I couldn't see that happening. And yeah, I, yeah, I do that when I'm at kickboxing and sparring. If someone catches me with a shot, I'm like, oh hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think that's very orthodox for boxing. 
it's the same. It's the same. I, without De Bruyne a pass, I just didn't know what had happened. I just, yeah. I just thought it had been deflected. I just thought, how's it got there? I, just, I didn't know what had happened. I'm not, that's yeah. not even hyperbole. Yeah, it reminded me of one he did uh, years and years ago. Um, City beat Stoke seven two, and he slipped Sane in. Um, oh yeah, on the left hand yeah, side, eighty yards. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah but yeah. It, uh, uh, no, I'm not even thinking of that one. I'm thinking it, I think it was oh. the goal that made it three oh, one. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And then Sane squared it for Sterling. Yeah, and and like the the pass, it it did. I mean, it did everybody in the stadium. <laughs> it was just one it's of them funny, where nobody it's saw. It's funny it. you mentioned that because I remember. I remember people saying, like, how did he see it? And I remember an article was written, like, how was, how was De Bruyne spotted that pass? And I always remember thinking, well, it's the patterns of play, isn't it? Like, he knows that somebody's going to be making that run. So he just knows somebody's going to be there. So obviously he's got the execution and the kind of tactical intelligence to, to pull it off. But I think he knew it would be there. But I actually thought yesterday, and I was thinking back to that Sane one, actually. Funny you mention it. The, the um, long, the long the, one, the, the, the like no, no, the one you mentioned, the, yeah. the, the kind of the reverse ball and then Sane squared. I actually th- was thinking yesterday. I was like, "There's surely there's no kind of tactical pattern to f- to find Bernardo there." Now Bernardo's no. coming off the right yeah, wing. Yeah. Like when when the replay started, they showed Bernardo on the right wing. Like, did he put a cross in first, or yeah. he cut back inside and played the pass or something? Like that's not something that, that he would. That the De Bruyne thinks, okay, we've we've done this on the training ground a million times. I think that was just pure De Bruyne instincts. Yeah. And ability, to, and he it went through Willick's legs. Yeah, yeah, I didn't went through his legs. Yeah, yeah, like a crazy golf shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, while we're on those driving runs, Paul, uh, I feel like I'm living in a parallel universe where nobody can see what I saw with that Trippier kick on De Bruyne's knee. Um, I honestly, I thought it was pretty obviously a red card. Uh, Trippier could have done, and he could have stopped De Bruyne cynically in any number of ways. There, pulled his shirt, you know, grabbed him around the waist, something other than boot him across the knee. And yeah, I know there were no studs involved, but like he has, you can't just kick somebody as they run past you. And like, I'm, I'm surprised that it was sent for an overturn. Yeah, I mean, it's a great area, as like everyone has said. Uh, I've just learned this this word in this last weekend. Great area. <laughs> great area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see why some people can claim that it's the right card. And I'm actually quite on board with the tweet that Jamie Carvaca said, that yeah, we don't have to judge, like, um, the extent of the injury that, that it can... that. It provokes just to say that it's the red card or not. It was like really cynical. To be fair to Trippier, I think that he couldn't like stop um, Kevin De Bruyne just pulling his hair because Kevin De Bruyne was like so determined that that he would have run past him if he tried to pull his shirt. Um, but yeah, um, I think that it's those kind of situations that probably like in the future they are going to be red cards. They're going to be red cards because. I mean, it wasn't like with the studs, but you can cause like like a big injury with that. Um, and yeah, um, just the fact of being like that 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 cynical makes it worse, in my opinion. But yeah, um, yeah, just like zero to, intention to play it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, think, I, I seem to remember Jacker getting sent off a few years ago for doing I, something similar. I don't remember that, but I saw it on Twitter. And all it was it was a trip. Like it wasn't as bad as that. He was just behind the guy and just tripped him up. Yeah. And apparently yeah. there's justification according to this tweet, which isn't the best kind of justification, but yeah. or the best kind of source of information. But it was like they said, oh, because you had no intention to play the ball. And then nobody's nobody's thought about that that law ever again. Um, so yeah, just a strange... And it, was, uh, it feels like it was strange it was overturned. But I guess in the laws, they are clear and obvious in the sense that 
they, they thought, or the ref must have thought it was serious foul play, like he's took him out around the knee, like deliberately, mm. to hurt him. Whereas what it actually was, was a trip, and therefore it is a yellow because it's just a, it's just a tactical foul. But it was such a, you know, it's the old orange card thing. Um, yeah. The, like like Carragher said, as as Paul referenced, and in the press conference they asked Pep about it, and he was like, "It looked like a red card, but I didn't see it." Blah blah blah. And then another journalist said, "If it wasn't a red card, according to the laws, should it have been?" And I think that's a very good question because yeah. that should be a red card. And I was having this conversation afterwards, but I, like I'm with Paul, I feel like in the future it will be, but I kind of feel like that is going to be another grey area because if you've got I don't know what the wording would be because if you deliberately like pull somebody's shirt or you know like when Rodri kind of got stuck on those all the time in his first season just got a lot of bookings because he would kind of clumsily bring someone down or like grab them around the shoulders or whatever it's it's effectively the same thing because there wasn't really if it was a trip it wasn't really a threat of injuring him if it's you know you can you can trip somebody in a different way where you just kind of leg them up and it's deliberate. And then you just think, well, they can't all come into the same bracket. And then, But then how do you judge it? Because they don't leave it really to the ref's interpretation, do they? They can't say, well, if you think it was a really bad one or a really cynical one, then it can be a red. But if it's just a little trip, then it's only a yellow. I don't know how they would word that in the laws. So I don't know how it would be a red in future. But yeah. it's, it's one of those where, like in a perfect world, you just say, well, that's a red. That's just I just I, that's a red. But I, just I don't, don't know what, just, how they would yeah. word that in the laws for it to I, actually be a red card in future. I just don't think you can kick someone across the knee. Do you know what I mean? Like stick your foot into the yeah, running. Into I, the I running don't game. think it was in the knee, yeah, though, yeah. was it? Like the first the first frame they showed on VAR, it looked like I was kicked him in the knee. But I think that was because the camera was from behind, and I think his leg was right. in line with his knee. But by the time he made the contact, I think it was a bit lower down. Look, right. it was still a terrible tackle, and I agree that it should be a red. But I just thinking practically about how they would actually put that into law in future. I'm not sure how they would actually word it. Yeah, but I might be wrong. But yeah, it was it was a bad one. And when they have again, I was surprised they overturned it because it didn't seem like clear and obvious. And they you know they talk about oh if you give it if you give that as a penalty it wouldn't be overturned. You just think well he's given that as a red card. It looks like a red card, and they've overturned it. So it was very unusual. But it's probably because of the word. Yeah, I actually think in in many ways, um, I think if he'd I, if he'd booked him in the first instance, I think there's more of a case of of sending him to the monitor to review it for a possible red card. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you invert the situation, I I could yeah, I could yeah, see yeah, an overturn yeah. more likely yeah, in that yeah, instance than, than yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Also, I was so surprised that he was getting sent to the monitor. I thought, well, he's just going to go to the monitor and say, "Yeah, look, lads, it's a red card. What you're talking about." Like yeah, that's the, how the, clear I thought it was. But, the, yeah. the, the monitor's there though to, to to sell the overturn, isn't it? You go to the monitor, yeah, the, exactly. the, the overturn's happening. It's as it's yeah, of course, it's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about Haaland because um, he's he's had a he had a pretty good game, I thought. Paul uh, hit the post, got yeah, got himself a goal. Yeah, yeah. I think that the best thing is that he scored because if he wouldn't have scored, I mean, yeah. I could see like a lot of stories and headlines saying just look at how he missed a chance in front of Nick Pope. Um, but yeah, I think that the game plan that Newcastle just proposed, I mean, was good for him in terms of that New, Newcastle was more open than, than, than Bournemouth just to counter-attack than, yeah, just to run away. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, he provides City now with an escape just to run and just to, like, be good at the counter. Just if he, um, if he would have finished, like, a, a couple of chances with a bit more of luck or a bit more of a nice touch, probably we, we would be, like, speaking about another score sheet. But yeah, I think that in terms of like the link-up player as well, or how he gets involved with the game, it's just kind of getting better. Just he was unlucky with the finishing, unlucky with finding Nick Pope in like his best shape. Um, but yeah, I think that it's kind of good news for City just to yeah. see Haaland just keep getting better. He was always there, wasn't he, Sam? I mean, I know he put one over the bar late on that he probably feel he should score. Um, he had he, yeah, he had yeah, one touched onto yeah. the post. He had, you know, he had the one on one. He he yeah, was he, he was he was having chances. Um, I, I'm going to put this one to you because uh, I'm fairly sure Paul won't get this reference. But like, <laughs> there was a couple of times where he just broke away and decided that he was going to play his own advantage. It was like honey monster strength. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was the one when he put De Bruyne through in the first half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, I, and was it the one just before um, Pope tipped it onto the post? Uh, when, it was his one on Diaz, one because Diaz started thought, like kind of really striding forward. Yeah, and he ended yeah. Up playing him in, and then he was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna spin off you and muscle past you and have a shot." And, and he's one on one as well. He's the one on one as well. Okay, yeah, yeah unbelievable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a shame for that one on one, but Pope was kind of really on top of him, wasn't he? By the time he had the chance to shoot. Yeah, uh, Paul, Paul. Do you know? Do you know yeah, who the, the one you mentioned that went over was that was a, a bit of a weird one. Yeah, Paul. Do you do you know who the honey monster is? Just out of interest. Uh, not really, to be honest. But no, I kind right. of like got the like the not the <laughs> reference, but like the meaning that what you were trying to achieve, basically. Yeah, it was uh, was it sugar puffs, um, honey monster. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if if they had similar in Spain. I mean, we don't want to go down. Yeah. Spanish yeah. cartoon characters on cereal <laughs> packets again, do we? We've done that. Yeah, Jeez. let's not do that. Um, Sam Foden didn't square it again. Uh, was it on this time? I, I don't or, think or that was we, bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen the still image, and I was like, "What's that supposed to prove?" Like, I remember as I remember as he was running through, because as I've talked about a million times, like you, your mind's thinking a million miles an hour when these things unfold, and I remember thinking back to the the, the the not squared pass last week against Bournemouth and thinking, well, the shot's a good option now. Like The shot is probably the only option. I always just thought, if he tries to get it to Haaland, then it's going to get cut out. Um, I still haven't seen the replay, in fairness, but I've seen the, image, like, the images that people are using. And I'm like, well, it just looks like if he tried to cut it back at that trajectory, or even not quite square, but I don't know, like 70 degrees, um, Trippier, I presume it was Trippier, uh, just because of the positioning. Like, Trippier's just going to cut it out. I don't, I don't get the kind of uproar over this one 
Yeah. And have you seen he, he tweeted about what 100 Premier League games or something like that? Yeah. And like, everyone's just like, Pastor Harland. Like, <laughs> you know, grow, grow up, lads. Absolutely unbelievable. Also, isn't it mad how Harland is so popular now? That like everyone's turning on Foden of all people. Like Foden's the absolute <laughs> golden child. Like I don't think anybody's ever said he's had a bad game, even when he has had a bad game. And now it's like you should pass him all your dick, just because everyone loves Harlan that much. Mad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the, the the thing is, Paul, if if Foden shoots there across the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper spills it, it comes to Harland anyway. He's there for the tapping. So like it's uh, yeah. it's it swings of roundabouts if you ask me. Yeah, and now it's making like football fiction. Like I mean. Pfft. I guess I'm quite in the same line here. Uh, I don't think that Fulham did it badly. I think, I mean, um, it w- it was worth it to try. So, yeah, just uh, I'm not on board of thinking too much about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come back to you for this, Sam, because we talked extensively in the past uh, about City's response when starting games badly and playing badly, going behind, that sort of thing. Um, where does Sunday go in the body of evidence that things are changing? Because the last three times City have gone be- gone too behind while playing badly. You know, it was West Ham away at the, the end of last season, which they were 2-0 down, they were playing awfully, they came back to 2-2. Um, Villa at home on the final day, they were 2-0 down, they were playing awfully, they came back and won it 3-2. Newcastle away yesterday... You know they go three one down. They're looking like they're they're on the ropes. Three three in in the blink of an eye. That's I mean it's only five points. It's not not the best recovery rate, but you know it's it's far better than we'd expect of City given given the history. Yeah, like we mentioned those kind of reference those results a couple of years ago when you just know that you just know it's happening. You know it's, there's nothing City can do to to turn this around. Um, but yeah, like I say, when when the free kick went in, I'd already kind of started in the moments after that piecing my article together and thinking look this was just this was just a day when Newcastle were great so you could do nothing about it it just seemed like they were stuck they, there was no way out eye of the storm all that kind of stuff and I, I remember thinking like well obviously they I, I felt personally that they'd started to change their the DNA of the club a bit with that comeback against Villa because it's like if you can do that then you can do anything and I was I was thinking about in an article going well you know they did take that step with Villa and I, I mean presumably I would have remembered West Ham if I'd had more time to actually process it. Um, but a game, not a today. game actually that, because, that they were a missed penalty today. away from winning, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I was like, but not but not today. They just couldn't do it. And yeah, okay, fine. We'll, we'll, you know, I would have worked out what the rest of the article would have been then. But um so to come back from that point where it just looked like Newcastle running away with this, to get that point and, you know, finish the better team and and rally, like it yeah, it, it is very impressive because City teams from even two or three years ago, and even ones that have won trophies, won the Premier League, I don't think would have come back in in games like that. I mean, there's been a summer Newcastle, haven't there, where they've not, where they've not got the result, and yeah. it's they've kind of just kind of folded and 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 not done a lot. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the mentality of the team is is very impressive. Guardiola was talking about it afterwards because they praised the mentality, and he was, oh yeah, because we scored two goals, we we got good mentality. But if we hadn't with our bad mentality he was like I know the mentality is good I work with them every day kind of thing and yeah it's not I don't think it's something that that can be questioned really I really uh, really don't I mean obviously Real Madrid flashed into my head then because you just know that's going to be the contrary view but I just don't I just I, I do think they're very impressive yeah, in that, that sense. There, that that said, though, Paul, I mean, you would question the mentality if he hadn't scored the goals because you can play, you can come back and play as well as you like if you three one down and lose three one. It's like it doesn't mean anything. Do you know what I mean? They came yeah, back yeah. and they they played better and they scored the goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the mentality thing is like completely out of 
question right now. I mean, this team has proved like quite a lot um, that they are good and that they are capable of just making Newcastle fans being happy with the draw. I mean, it's kind of mental because when Trippier scored that goal, I mean, you wouldn't even imagine that. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, it's just nothing that um, than, than you can question to that group of players, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the fullbacks, Paul, because yep. um, there's been a lot of focus on on Kyle Walker. He didn't have his, his, his greatest game. From my point of view, it's no biggie, it happens. Um, but the game possibly did expose a little problem in Guardiola's plan if the inverted fullback setup is going to be a regular thing. I mean, you, t- you said this um, after the West Ham game, that you might not want to do it against teams like Liverpool. Well, you might not want to do it against teams like Newcastle. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think that Newcastle deserves like a lot of credit. First of all, of course, because Sam Maximin was like world class. But then I think that Joel Inton and Bruno Guimaraes, like the intensity that they have and the aggressiveness, they just wanted it like so bad. They just pressed up, mm. pressed up like so high. Um, and I think that this allowed like Sam Maximin just to get the ball like in more dangerous positions because if you want Walker just to dip in and play like uh, as the false holding midfielder, then Sam Maximin is going to um, have like more space on the wing. And that ends up be, being down to City, like not being like more cautious with the ball, if you can call it that way, as Pep said on the press conference. I think that this was one of the upsides of playing with a false nine, that you you always had like superiority, like in the middle of the park, basically. Where, yeah, more, like, more, far more bodies, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, uh, I mean, last season, you really need like the ball to transition like fairly uh, slow because you didn't have like r- r- runners in there. Now you got Haaland. That's, it, it's like probably like the best runner in the world and he could have like uh, 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 scored a couple of goals in runs in behind of the of the defensive pack line. But like the um, back side of it is that if you run that much, then you have Rodri, you have Bernardo Silva, you have Gundogan, that they are players that, that they probably are not allowed used to travel in that kind of a speed. Um, and yeah, just if football goes that fast, Newcastle had the guys to do it, like like Joel Inton, like Sam Maximin. Um, and City probably needed more time to place their players like in the positions to just don't allow counterattacks. Um, and, at the, and at some point of the game, just Newcastle managed just to, yeah, just to bring the game to the speed that they needed to. Um, and they found like in Sam Maximin probably the best winger in world football yesterday, <laughs> um, yeah. which which is really good for him. Um, I, I think that if he could sustain that level, or pro- probably like the biggest problem that he has is that the final product is not like great. But all that comes before that, it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, that was probably like a bit of it. I don't know if I have explained myself like good enough, but I'm sure that Sam is going to put like some interesting I- input on it. Well, all I'll, all I'll talk about in terms of the, the flow of the game and how it was, because I remember thinking, it's just like, because I was speaking to Nadem during it, yeah. and talking about the possession being 60%, as opposed to you know like the 70-odd it was early on. I was like, it's just very transitional. It's yeah. just a very transitional game now. And that was obviously what Guardiola was, was talking about. I think I've talked about this last season about Leeds. Like the way Leeds play, they leave loads of spaces. So if you see the opportunity to play a ball in behind for somebody to run onto, you're just going to play it because you think it's a great opportunity to score. But if that doesn't go in, Leeds come back down the other end. It's basketball, isn't all it? Of, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. it's a basketball game. You get sucked into that game that you don't want. And it's like you're not even really taking bad decisions. 
because if you see the spaces, and obviously when City played Leeds at the Etihad in like December, they scored what was it seven one or seven nil? Yeah, uh, because because it worked. But what Guardiola said after the game yesterday was when we make the passes between the lines, and I think it was obvious in the first half that City had problems playing out, but when they did get the ball through, it went straight between the lines. Um, and it went like directly into Gundogan's feet, and obviously Gundogan plays very close to Haaland. But he was like, when we can do that and we can run, if you finish the actions, it's great. But if not, you can't con- you can't control, you can't be together. You know, because you know, we talk about it's more passes and the team's together and they're more solid down the middle and and teams can't counterattack. But obviously, if they if they if City are attacking with one or two passes, they're not all organised, and there's a massive gap. And I remember tweeting this because I think it was so Haaland's chance when Diaz went forward, played a one-two with Foden, gave it to Haaland. Haaland shrugged off share was I can't remember which centre back, and had his shot tipped onto the post. Then it went down the other end. Um, Sam Maximin got the foul from Stone. Stones got booked. Trippier scored the free kick. I was like, that's basically been the pattern of the whole game. City have had these chances that we talked about and they had 10 shots on target. They haven't gone in and Newcastle have been so dangerous on the counter-attack. And what Guardiola said was, if we had Jack playing, uh, well, he said, he goes, Erling's going forward. He goes, Phil's got this incredible aggression to go forward. He goes, if we had Jack playing, um, or if we had Riyad or Bernardo on the right, and obviously they did, they did have Bernardo on the right. He's like, we, need, we needed more passes. He goes, we need to go to the final third and make more passes. So that was the thing. It was like when these kind of avenues were opening up to attack and Haaland played in De Bruyne in the first half and Foden had the one that was, was saved over on the left. They didn't go in. They didn't even go out for a corner. They kind of stayed in play or went out for a throw and Newcastle started quickly and just went again. But if you have Mares on, let's say, or you have... Grealish on and this is you know people want Grealish to take people on and be like this whirlwind but it's obvious isn't it well, I was, as we keep saying he's playing a different game now and it was never more obvious than yesterday when Guardiola said if Jack was playing we would have had more passes and more control but if Grealish hadn't have gotten the goal hadn't got an assist hadn't made many key passes it might have been like the West Ham game where some people say he was shit there like nothing happened whereas Guardiola says he's awesome yeah and that's because none of us would have gone, oh, well, Newcastle didn't have any counter-attacks because Jack Carillis is playing. Not a single player in the world other than like Guardiola, um, Rodolfo Burrell, like Juan Marleo if he was watching, like Jorge Valdano. There was probably about five people in the world who would have said City didn't suffer any counter-attacks against Newcastle because Jack Carillis was playing. And I just think that's the most interesting thing because it was a very entertaining game, but it's not the way City liked to play, of course. And I suppose it goes back into the kind of things we were talking about going back to to Haaland. And it's not specifically about Haaland because if, if, it's, if it's about Grealish and if it's about Mahrez, then obviously not just about the striker. But when we were talking about, okay, maybe City sacrifice a little bit of control by not having a false nine, I wonder how that will look. And that's kind of how it looked yesterday. Yeah. Um, so it, again, it's a very interesting one because 10 shots on target for City shouldn't really be coming away with a 3-3 draw. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, obviously there was all the amazing kind of characteristics we've we talked about and the, to come back, but that was the kind of the issue. But again, as Guardiola said and, and as Paul said, Guardiola was like, okay, that can happen. And he goes, and look, Newcastle played really well. He was like, why can't we give credit to Newcastle? He said, Brentford beat Man United 4-0 and everyone, everyone talks about how bad Man United are because didn't Brentford do a good job? And it's the same thing. And I've, I've always said this in the past, that like whenever City struggle in the game, like, you know, when City drew one all with Southampton and I was like, City played really well. And like, and so did Southampton. But 
it's like you can't say Southampton played well in the media as, as a good as a good reason for why City didn't win because everyone's just like, oh, well, you should beat Southampton. But it's not that easy, is it? Yeah. And Newcastle yesterday yeah. were fucking phenomenal. Not, not just that maximum on the counter-attack, but like Paul said, the incredible aggression and the organisation in midfield to kind of exploit issues in that City team. It was, yeah. It, okay, it happens. Yeah, But that, I, if, I, I did find it very interesting in, in terms of the tempo and the, the transitions and and like how that's managed. Like I wonder if, you know, as soon as Grealish is, is back fit, you know, Grealish might play a, a bit more than Foden in the next few weeks, maybe. Going forward, Paul, I'm, I'm interested in, um, again, with, with Walker and Cancelo stepping into the middle and like that, that obviously, Newcastle obviously being very aggressive against that in that first half. When they came out for the second half, the, the question was, are they going to go to a more orthodox fullback system, back four sort of thing? And they didn't. They carried on, they carried on doing the same thing. And I actually think they switched quite, like later on in the game, as City started to get a bit more control and Newcastle got a bit tired, I think they switched to a bit, a bit more of an orthodox setup and pressed them back a little bit more. Um, but I, I mean, does it expose the idea that with Walker and Cancelo as, you, as pretty much your only two fullback option, options, you, like you can be really aggressive against City and get some joy, or are most teams just not going to be able to, to provide that level of aggression that that Newcastle did? I think that not every team will try to provide that level of aggression um, because it's risky uh, as well. I mean, I think it's down to City just to read the game like in a different manner and just to find which is the better solution. I think that because Cancelo, like like he did against Bournemouth, he didn't play that much as an inside fullback. I mean, uh, in 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 some points he was like really wide open, and I think that's. That's basically Pep's choice because, in my opinion, now they don't have like, of course, they don't have like a false nine, or they don't have a false nine most of the times. Um, but City still needs like to create like overloads inside, like with the attacking midfielders and stuff. But if you don't have a false nine, which is what last two seasons gave you a straightaway like an overload just in the attacking midfielder position, now I feel that. Pep needs to basically just to bring one of the wingers inside. And just you need to put like Cancelo out wide just to make Foden or Grealish or whoever is playing there just to dip a bit inside, just to create the overload in there. So I think it's kind of a plan that's been thought by Pep just to play with that. Um, and I think it's a really good idea um, that Walker has like really managed to play like really good in 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 the last two games, but it's an idea that needs a bit of time as well. And just to face like problems or the, like situations they, that they just have just to figure out and learn from this, because it's, it's a thing that it's going to be quite common against a lot of, against a lot of teams, I guess this season. Um, and I think that as long as when city learn or understood um, how managed the, the ball better in the second half, I think that it went, quite well in my opinion Sam could I mean this is I'm I'm throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks here Um, but I like could you could you play a midfielder in that position and just have them drop into the fullback kind of position to to give the the defence that structure when it needs that structure but when they're on the ball they can have like an extra midfielder in the in the middle I don't know, like Gundogan or someone like that. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're taking him too far, too far. I away don't from think Gundogan because I just, I think you would need somebody very, yeah. like, it's more mobile and and dynamic enough. And I mean, look, 
maybe maybe it doesn't matter because walkers is kind of dynamic and mobile and fast as you can get and it, it didn't do him any favors yesterday but that was you know because of the kind of situation he was in where he had space to run like everybody would have struggled yesterday it would have been awful in those situations but i mean yeah i mean i mean i don't know but like, i'm thinking more like i'm again i'm sure this would never work and again you probably need the kind of the height of i know walker and Cancelo aren't big but if i was to suggest bernardo silver drop i was thinking back, bernardo, feels more yeah. comfortable <laughs> feels more comfortable to me than gunduin at right back but yeah i, I don't know i mean it I kind of again it's one of those where we can sit around we could probably talk about this for 10-15 minutes if you weren't conscious about the time maybe longer and think oh yeah maybe that could work maybe that could work but then it's like if then we just went oh pep yeah you were listening to the last 15-20 minutes what do you think and he'd go like yeah. one sentence yeah. maybe you'd just say shut up lads but <laughs> if, if he just explained like why it definitely worked we'd be like okay yeah fine but I mean it sounds like on paper it's possible because I remember I think I tweeted during the West Ham game like I'm not sure you'd want or maybe it was on, on the podcast afterwards I'm not sure you'd want West Ham Sorry, you're not, I'm not sure you want Carl Walker in such advanced positions on the ball against yeah more active teams. I actually said that to one of my colleagues yesterday after about ten minutes, um, and I kind of I think I'm going to stick by that. It's fine, you know. He he played his part in the goal against Bournemouth last week, the first goal. Um, but yeah, to go back to could you do a midfielder in there? It would definitely. I'm just I'm just thinking the midfielder gives you a bit advantageous more advantageous in terms of the ball, but then it's like yeah. but then you're going to lose something defensively. Whereas yeah. you know if you've got Walker, you've got something defensively, but you're going to lose something in terms of using the ball. So yeah, I wonder who that player would be. I wonder if Guardiola will ever find that player where it's perfect for both. Yeah, um, let's finish with a, a little quick chat on the defence poll um, because as much as um, we've talked about the issues with the structure and, and how Newcastle was so aggressive in in causing those problems. Um, for a good hour in that game, City looks like that uh, they were they were so shaky at the back, and I'm like, it, it kind of coincides a little bit with when Ake went off, but it had already started by the time that Ake was uh, was being subbed off. That that the pressure was just it, it felt like they were going to crumble at, at various points. Um, what can City do differently in that to, to kind of ease the pressure? Because because Guardiola talks all the time about in those moments you have to suffer sometimes and just actually you know you know cope with it, get through it, and then kind of come out the other side of it. Um, is it just a case of, of of hanging on in there in games like this? I think it is a case like like that. You have to hang on in there, but I also, I mean, I really think that the solution to this is just make more passes. Yeah. It's just make more passes. Just give yeah. the ball to Bernardo. Give the goal to Gundogan. They are not going to lose the ball. Just make more passes. Because City, when they do a lot of passes, they know how to place themselves and how to just to find those positions in the field um, to avoid counterattacks and just to put Rodri in the certain place just to um, make like any uh, possession lost. He will be there just to, um, yeah, just to... Cover it up, or just the same with Walker, just the same with Cancelo. I think that the answer that um, City has to all their problems or all their flaws is just the ball, just passing more the ball, and yeah, p- protecting yourself with that. Basically, is that what they did in the second half? Then was that was that why City ended the game stronger because because they basically got themselves on the ball more? Yeah, it's it, it's what they try to do, uh, of course. But then, I mean, you still can find out this this. Just counterattack with Sam Maximin being fouled by Stones and just and just Trippier putting the ball top in, which is an option that can happen still. But yeah, I think that this is what made City grow grow into the game basically. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, on Sam Maximan, um, Sam, uh, Stone's had a bit of a torrid time every time he was running straight at him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, again, is, is is there anything Stones can do or is it just that there's somebody in good form that's really pacey running directly at you one-on-one? Is that is, like, is that just yeah. the issue? Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible position to be in, I would imagine. I was speaking to Nadam after the game. I know how he was like, he mentioned he was I they it could have done without like doubling up on him and I was like but for the first goal like Rodri went over to kind of double up on him and he kind of yeah. got past both of them and that was from like a standing start. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean if you're if you're running into open space, then you got you got big problems. And I remember like before you know, before it had developed into this big ongoing battle, I remember like when Walker was like facing him up and Sam Maximum was really wide and Walker was obviously like, Well, you you can come in, I'm not gonna come out to you, like, like you, you come in. But then when he did come in, there was just nothing he could do. Like if if you're running at somebody at top speed and you can go either way, you're just so massively on the back foot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it it was entirely the setup. You know, if City had played with, let's say, let's just say for argument's sake, Grealish and Mares and a false nine, it wouldn't have been like that because the game wouldn't have been that open. And then if the game is that open, like one of the things Guardiola said was, when the game's that open, our only option is to defend with Edison. He was like, that's the only thing we've got. Like it, it doesn't matter about the defenders because the defenders are basically out of it because it's just one on ones and it's so difficult. So it, it basically comes down to can Edison keep you keep you in the game. So yeah, um, there was there was nothing really that could be done in those circumstances. The changes would have had to come up higher up the pitch. And yeah. like Paul says, the best the best one is more passes. Yeah, we uh, we talked about the VAR uh, overturn for for Trippier. Paul uh, was Stones a bit lucky on the penalty appeal? Do you think that it wasn't referred? I think it wasn't a penalty, in my opinion. I think it wasn't. Um, well, maybe some some will disagree now, but I think. No, no, no. You're never getting a penalty for that. No, no. It's, uh, I think it's never a penalty. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I... we, went in, we went into a pub nearby afterwards, and like they they showed like loads of highlights from the game on Sky Sports News at eight, and like, all the Newcastle fans were like, "Oh, definitely a penalty. Have you not given a penalty for that? You never get not get a penalty for that." I'd be I'd be a bit upset if City if that been the other end. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'd say the same to be honest. <laughs> really. <laughs> No, I mean, I'd say the same, like, it's ah, never a penalty. Like, oh, yeah, like, whether, yeah. whether it was, like, for City or not, like, I can't yeah. start giving penalties for that. Yeah, fair enough. It was a bit clumsy. Grey area, I guess. <laughs> Grey area. Not, yeah. not, not, a, not a pen for me. Yeah, theme of, theme of the show, that one, Paul. Yeah. Um, what, what was the change then at 1-0? Uh, because um, when City scored, uh, they scored early, they, they got themselves in front. Um I can't remember off the top of my head because I actually missed the first couple of minutes of the game. But it, like, from judging by what my friends in the WhatsApp group were saying, it was um, like City had been in complete control to that point. It wasn't the first chance of the game that they scored with. Um, like, why why did it suddenly switch? Do you think, Paul? I don't know. I don't think it did suddenly. I, I think for the first, and it's only two or three minutes, but Newcastle were pretty on top. Like, right. Like the first passes that, like Stone Stones made. A, like in a kind of underhit back pass, I think it was to to Edison, and then they're on the back foot from there, and the crowd were on top. Um, and I remember because like, our two Newcastle correspondents, when City were playing well and were one 0 up, they were like, "Do you ever get bored of this?" I was like, "No, like absolutely not. It's great." But I, I turned to them. I was like, "I know you're expecting City to go and score four or five now, or maybe they will." But I am, I was, I am a bit concerned about these counter attacks. So I do think it was there throughout. And like I say, even when City were kind of really struggling with the counter, they were still creating chances. So I think that was roughly how it was for the 90 minutes. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say basically the same. Just uh, Newcastle was was always there. I mean, I can remember like the succession that of passes that, that opened the game. I think that there were like three passes that ended up like in a throw-in. 
that were like, Jesus, City are rusty here. Um, now, yeah. But yeah, I think, as I was saying, like at the beginning of the podcast, I think that Bruno Guimaraes, Joe Ellington, they were the guys like in the, in the middle of the field that they just reignited Newcastle when they needed to. Just a couple of tackles from Bruno Guimaraes. You, you, you could see him, how he cheered up like all the fans. Um, and yeah, then just like the physical condition that they have, they, I mean, it allows them to go in that way and good for Newcastle because they are, I think that if they can keep up with that, they are probably going to be like sixth or seventh decision on the Premier League. Yeah, real real progress being made. Um, yeah. Now, Sam, I, I don't want to step on Adam Hurry's toes too much, but I thought it'd be quite nice to finish the finish the show with the question: if that was the most Barclays game that City have played under under Guardiola, because you know I, I opened the oh. podcast with all the things okay. that happened: quality goals, you know, end to end football. There was the the fact that City came from behind. There was VAR got involved in in various things. Red card given, then then you know, ungiven. Um, oh yeah, maybe. So I just wondered if I I can't think of anything off the top of my head because because like for it to be a Barclays game it's got to be the Premier League to start with so it can't be like Monaco back in no, twenty sixteen. No. Yeah, oh, I was true. thinking like but the the most recent um, football cliches podcast I listened to was the Welcome to the Premier League eleven and Bravo was in it just in terms oh. of like chasing in <laughs> into like games or seasons in the Premier League and I think as an extension of that you've got that Leicester game when Vardy scored a hat trick in December yeah. of Guardiola's first season. And City lost 4-2, but it was never like a two-goal game. I think Kolarov scored a free kick towards the end, but it was yeah. it was the famous Watts tackles. You yeah, know, that is the proper game. welcome. To, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the proper welcome to the Premier League game that that I can think of. Now, wh- whether that's the most Barclays, I don't game, think that's very Barclays, know, though, is it? That's no, because there no. wasn't like a red card. There wasn't like if we're going to talk about Tuchel and and Conte drama on the touchline or whatever. Um, I wonder, it yeah. might even be Newcastle away in yeah. in lockdown. You know, after they just won the league and Scott Carlson played. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a bit mad, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think we need. Uh, this is why Adam's so good because he's very strict <laughs> on the definitions of what Barclays means, and I don't think we've, I don't think we've got a, a very clear rule book to work from here. Oh, that's, this is this is why I've I've not been on that show since it became good. <laughs> uh, well, pop, well, since it became especially popular, anyway. Um, I, I'm going to stick with that Leicester one, but I know it's not quite perfect. And if I think of anything in the meantime, we can come back to it after Manchester City nil, Crystal Palace nil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah next weekend. Yeah, Paul, any anything to throw in? Is there any any other mad games that that would compete with for for most Barclays? I, I genuinely can't think of anything. Maybe yeah, that, other yeah. Than that I mean, I, I was thinking about that. I guess that Liverpool last season at home wasn't a Barclays game because there wasn't a red card, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I mean, I think that we could find like something, but probably not that big of an example like last Sunday's. Yeah. If you, if if anybody listening to this can think of anything, yeah. Better, for, 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 if, for, if anyone yeah, can yeah. actually define the rules, then that would be a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do let us know. But for now, that's the end of this week's Why Wizards. Thank you to Sam Lee. Yeah. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. And Paul Bias. Thanks a lot, guys. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now for a pound a month for six months. Just use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.